Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you tend to struggle with anger? Maybe you easily get bent out of shape when things go wrong, or you can feel an injustice, you might raise your voice, you might lose your temper. Children, stop spraying the garden hose inside the house. (laughs) Or maybe it's nothing exterior that people will notice. It's all on the inside. On the inside, you lose your inner peace. You become easily frustrated when things go wrong or someone treats you a certain way. Your blood pressure rises. Maybe in your marriage, when your spouse says something or doesn't say something, you can build up resentment, build up walls around your heart. You might say to yourself, wow, she's in a mood today. Why does she keep nagging me about that? Or you might say to yourself, that's the third time he didn't say thank you today and you'd be frustrated by that. We, we can all struggle with anger. Maybe you struggle. Maybe you know someone that battles with anger. Chances are we all do because it, we might be great Christians that love Jesus. We love adoration. We love prayer, the Bible. But this vice can easily overcome us. We've been talking about this passion of anger, but today I want to get really practical. I want to take a look at how we can get better Practically, how can we get better control over our anger? There's a great tradition in in the Catholic faith about the virtues. And today we're going to learn from two great saints, St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Francis de Sales, and their practical tips on how we can grow in our control over anger. And that's what we're going to take a look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I am your host, Edward Sree. So excited to be with you here today. And, you know, we've been talking about anger in the last episode and we're continuing the conversation today. I want you to know that everything I'm sharing with you is from a book I wrote on the virtues. It's called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and The Freedom to Love. And the book walks through all the basic virtues that we need, the various vices that undermine our way of living life and helps us to grow in virtue so we can grow in love of God and love the people around us. And so all that we're talking about here today, the virtue of meekness, which is the virtue that moderates our passion of anger. How do I grow in that virtue so I can have greater control over my anger and not let my anger control me? So I want to just review a little bit what we did last time. Briefly, last week we talked about how anger is a passion. It's a passion God gave us and it's neutral. It's not good or evil in and of itself. It's it's neutral. It depends how we use it. It can be used for good, but it can also be used for ill. Uh, what is anger actually? We talked about last week how it's the desire to punish. But don't think of don't think of this as like rage or revenge. I just want to get revenge on you. I want you to suffer. That's not what we mean. That's not what the Catholic Church teaches about anger. Uh, it's simply the desire to set things right. We want God's order, God's justice in this world, and we love people. And so, anytime we have a righteous anger, a a holy anger. It's the desire to set things right for that person out of love. So we want them to be rehabilitated. We want them to get better. uh, So they don't keep doing the vicious things, the wicked things that they're doing. So it's out of love for them. Uh, And it's also for the protection of other people. So we protect people when we punish others. We put them in timeout. If it's a child, we put them in prison. (laughs) You know, if they're a great, you know, criminal, a threat to society. So Anger is the desire to punish, but don't think of it as rage or revenge. Think of it as desire to set things right. This is what we talked about last week, and we talked about how there's a good anger, 
that when we're angry about the right things in the right way, but there's also the other side of things where there's an unreasonable patience when we don't get angry over the things we should. In other words, when we see an injustice with a child, a child is doing something bad and we don't do anything about it, that's not love. A parent is called to discipline their child. So it's actually a lack of love to not discipline them and not to punish them in certain circumstances. So that's called, uh, Aquinas calls it the vice of unreasonable patience. Now, let's move forward today. Before I get to the practical, these are the real gems I want to share with you, especially from St. Francis de Sales on practical tips on how to control our anger. First, let me just say a couple things about what is sinful anger. How do I know my anger has crossed a line or it's not going in the right direction? Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas says, it's when we're angry over the wrong things, or we might be angry over something we should be angry about, but we're angry in the wrong way. We're too angry about something. So what do we mean by that? For example, angry about the wrong things. If I see, you know, one of my colleagues in the office got a promotion and I didn't, I shouldn't be angry about that. You know, I I should celebrate that, you know, he got the promotion. Good for him. Sad. I, you know, it's okay. I might be disappointed that I didn't get it, but I shouldn't be angry at him over this. That, that's probably an expression of envy. <laughs> uh, or maybe, you know, my roommate started dating the person I was interested in, you know, uh, and I could start to resent my roommate and be angry with my roommate. It's not my roommate's fault. I should be, be happy. My roommate's in a relationship. That's a good thing. Uh, as a parent, a, a child spills their sippy cup, <laughs> which often happens, you know, and I, I, I shouldn't get angry about that. It's just going to happen. It happens about every week in our household. And, and I have to be patient with them. Sometimes I can fall into rash judgment where I notice something like I see that, you know, this project wasn't done well. And I assume, oh, that person was lazy and they didn't work hard on it. And so I can get that, that passion of anger rising in my heart. But I don't know the whole story. Maybe, maybe did I know that they were sick this week or that the the company gave the this department five other projects that week and they didn't have as much time. It wasn't their fault. So I don't know the whole story. So I can many times get angry over the wrong things. And that's a sinful anger. It's another thing when I, I can fall into sinful anger by being angry over the right things, but in the wrong way, in a way that's disproportionate to the wrong that was done. You know, so if there was a child that I told them, do not play with this I don't know, let's say we have a vase in the living room and I say, don't play with the vase because I'm worried you're going to break it. And then the next day they play with the vase and they break it. They did something wrong. And I should have a virtuous anger about that, meaning, you know, they disobeyed. I told them very explicitly not to do this and they did something wrong. And I, maybe there's a punishment here. Maybe I, I make them pay for a new vase, or maybe I make them do extra chores around the house, you know, to help their mom, uh, since they broke their mom's vase, you know, so I, I, there, there's a punishment. And I could do that very calmly, very serenely said, hey, you know, we talked about this yesterday. What happened? And then they admit and I say, well, you know, you, you disobeyed. You need to say sorry. You need to apologize to your mom and you're going to have to pay for the vase now. I could do that very calmly, you know, firmly, but very calm. Or I could come home from work and see that the vase is broken and say, why did you do that? You disobeyed me. That was wrong. Don't you respect me? And And, and that's. I'm falling into a kind of rage. I'm losing my temper. Do you see how that that's a sinful anger? I mean, it it was good that I wanted to set things right, but but the way I'm doing it is horrible. And I'm crushing the the spirit of this poor child uh, and totally disproportionate to the wrong that was done. 
there's many ways that we fall into sinful anger. It, it might happen like that where we yell we, in, in our words, our tone of voice. It could be our facial expression. It could be all of a sudden if I, you know, in front of the whole family and, and the friends that are over, I start listing 12 things that are wrong with this child and the and their weaknesses and their sins. And like that would just be shaming the child. It'd be horrible. So we can fall into sinful anger in our words. We could also fall into sinful anger in our thoughts. So that, you know, maybe I don't say anything. Maybe I just am very calm and say, okay, you're going to have to pay for this vase that you broke. You're going to have to apologize to your mom. And I don't lose it exteriorly, but inside my heart, I just start thinking, oh, that child, that child always disobeys. And, oh, I'm going to make sure that child suffers a lot in the next week. I'm going to give this child extra work. I'm going to do this and that. And, and, you know, so maybe I don't say anything. Maybe I don't even yell, but I have anger toward this child. That, that's, that's, that's sinful anger. Uh, no, that child doesn't deserve that at all. Uh, we can be angry in our actions. This is when we may push the person. You may hit the person. You know, we, we, Our actions, we may plot against them. Uh, we may try to divide friendships with the person. So there's many ways we can fall into sinful anger. We're, when we're angry over the wrong things, but also in the way that we're angry. And I think it's usually that second one that that gets the best of us because we might see certain injustices and then, wow, we have an explosion. I know this. I, I admit this. This is a weakness of mine. As, as a dad, there's times when I'm trying to get everyone to, to mass on time or to the to catch a flight and people aren't listening and they can't find their clothes or whatever. And I'm just like, get, just we got to go get in the car. <laughs> I could just be angry, right? Why do I fall into anger? Why, why do we as human beings, good Christians, tend to easily fall into anger, some of the roots of anger. I think I think one of them is pride. I think I, I know this in myself that I'm I'm proud. And if somebody disagrees with me or is is working against my will, like I want this and then they're working against it, I I can kind of feel slighted easily, saying, oh, they're against me. Why are they doing this is wrong. This is silly. And 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 that that's my pride. I think another expression of pride, though, this is probably what I struggle with the most, is a desire to control. You know, I, I, I think many times I, I, I think a family vacation. I don't know about you, if there's any families listening, your parents listening. Family vacation is supposed to be this wonderful time, time to, you know, just be rejuvenated, reconnected as a family. We get away. It's always great. But man, family vacation could be really stressful. <laughs> you know, you're out of your regular environment. You're packed in this little tiny hotel room and uh, you got to, you know, have people be quiet. It's the little kids so they're not waking up everybody else in the hotel and we're trying to get through the theme park or whatever it is. And it, there's just a lot of stress that goes on. And uh, in those moments, I, I know I, I could lose my temper. I could get angry. In, in sinful ways, ways I need to bring to confession. And I, I regret that I do this, but I admit I do. And I think sometimes what, for me, it's this desire to control everything I want because I want a good experience for my family. I want them to have a good vacation. I want them to enjoy the time together. But I see, I can foresee, okay, we need this to happen and this to happen and this to happen so that we can get to the flight on time. Or we need X, Y, and Z to happen so we can get to the museum in time or the theme, the water park, whatever it is we're doing. 
And when I start noticing X isn't happening, we're starting to run out of time. That means we're not going to get Y or Z, which means we're, we're going to miss our tickets to the water park or whatever. And, and, and so I could see this. So there's a desire for me. I want everyone to you know, have a good experience. I know they want to get to the water park. I'm, and maybe I'm not even interested in the water park. It's out of noble love for my family. I want to get them there. And yet, because of my desire to control everything, because I, I, I want, I don't want them to suffer. I don't want me to have to suffer the consequences of not getting to the water park on time. I can lose my temper. I can get angry. And instead of surrendering to, you know, maybe, maybe we are going to miss the water park. It's not the end of the world. You know, we're, no one died. Uh, we're, you know, we're, no one fell into mortal sin. Uh, you know, so we're okay. You know, uh, but it, I can, I wish I could more calmly say, hey, everyone, here's, little team meeting here. This is what needs to happen. We got to leave by this time. And then we have to get this done and then this done. So they knew what X, Y, and Z was really clearly. My wife often says, Ted, you just need to be like you are on pilgrimage. You tell your pilgrims, here's the three things that are happening today. And everybody knows they're oriented and they rally around it. And, uh, and, and so I just need to more calmly do that. And I probably won't lose my temper as much. I think there's a third route for some of our uncontrolled anger. Uh, I think it, uh, many of us might have a certain wound from our past. Maybe we grew up in a home where there was a lot of anger, or maybe we were hurt, or maybe there was some, you know, childhood experience that caused us to to panic or have have some trauma or something, and and those things kind of reemerge, and and that's and we act in a certain way, we act really strongly, and our anger gets the best of us. You know, there's some of us that might need counseling. And that's, there's no shame in that to go seek some counseling for your struggle with anger. If you notice that you persist with this, that you keep trying and you're not getting better, you may want to go seek counseling. That, that's, that might be the most loving thing that you can do for your spouse, for your children, for your friends, is to get the help you need so that you can uh, be healed of those deeper wounds and live a more peaceful life and not fall into the sin of anger. Now, let's get to the fun, practical stuff. Are you ready? So uh, if you struggle with anger, here's some practical tips that come not from me. They come from the great St. Francis de Sales. Uh, you need to read Introduction to Devout Life. If you've never read it, especially the middle section of this book where it's walking through the various virtues we need to grow in. A wonderful book here. He offers some great tips. We're going to go through five tips on how we can get better in controlling our anger. First thing he says is that it's better to live without anger than to try to moderate it. What does he mean by that? He means sometimes we could say, well, you know, I heard Dr. Shree's podcast and Dr. Shree said that anger can be used for good. And, you know, so I, I'm going to try to just moderate my anger. Like I'm going to use it for good. I'm, you know, I want to set things right. And I do need to, you know, punish my children sometimes and discipline my kids and discipline people in the office. So, uh, and, you know, anger is good. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to try to use it in a moderate way, a balanced way. Well, I think that's that's true. That's in the ideal. But if you're really struggling with anger, it's a deep-seated thing, you may just want to cut back completely. It's kind of like the alcoholic. You know, alcohol isn't a bad thing in and of itself, but it's not helpful for the person that has an addiction to alcohol. <laughs> you know, it's better to stay away from the alcohol if you're an alcoholic than to say, well, I'm going to just try to moderate it. I'll just have a couple drinks. You know, because you have a pattern of falling into many drinks. Uh, so it's better to just say, I'm not going to drink alcohol. And if you have a deep-seated struggle with anger, it may be better to just make a break and not try to convince yourself, hey, I'm going to use it moderately. And, you know, just admit that you have a weakness 
and you need to you need to make a radical break. Second thing, uh, St. Francis de Sales says, is when you start to notice the passion of anger rising in your blood, <laughs> uh, drive it out right at the outset. Don't dialogue with it, he says. I love that line. Don't dialogue it with it. You know, I, I know I can do this. I could be you know, thinking, okay, there's this situation at home. I, I know I'm not supposed to lose my temper, you know, but I'm, there's, you know, one of my teens or preteens acting a certain way with a certain tone of voice. And I could just say, okay, don't take it personally. But then I start going, but man, man, what he said, that was really disrespectful. Or the way she just talked to her mom, that, that was really disrespectful. And I, I start dialoguing with that passion and say, they should never do that. That is not in. And then all of a sudden, like as I'm dialoguing with it, then all of a sudden I just snap and I'll go, stop talking now, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it got the best of me. I, what I need to do is cut it off right from the outset, not dialogue with it. Uh, a third thing St. Francis de Sales says is to pray, to ask for God's help. I know this sounds obvious, but sometimes what happens is you're you're just in the situation. Something happens and you start feeling that passion of anger rise and you're not even aware and it just kind of takes over just to have the recollection of mind, just to pause for a moment. Maybe even just take a deep breath. <sighs> breathe in, breathe out. Just one really deep breath and then pray and just ask Jesus for mercy. Jesus, help me to restrain my anger. I can't do that. Admit that you need help. And I love what St. Francis de Sales says. He says, at the, in this moment, he really recommends pray calmly, pray peacefully. Don't just go, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Help me not to get angry. You know, and not like that, <laughs> you know, but to actually just calmly say, Jesus, I'm very weak in these moments. This is really hard for me, but I beg you, help me. I'm going to say a Hail Mary right now, Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Even the act of saying the prayer calmly helps calm our soul down a bit. Uh, so try your best to be, as soon as you notice yourself falling into that anger, just to pause. Take a deep breath. Even that action of breathing in, breathing out, it just helps calm us down just for a moment. It gives us like a little you know, three-second break from the anger, which then we can insert the prayer in. And now that three-second break may be extended to 30 seconds. And that's really good. And now we're inviting God's grace in and God can really help us. We can't do it on our own. We need his grace to help us to calm down in those moments so that we can love the people in our lives better. Fourth point, Francis de Sales says, so we talked about don't try to moderate your anger. If you struggle with this, just try to break with it. Secondly, uh, don't dialogue with it. Once you start noticing it, don't like all of a sudden start saying, well, but they did this wrong and she said this and he said this and they shouldn't respond this way. Yeah, don't dialogue with it. And then take a moment for prayer, for some calm prayer, asking for God's help. And fourth, if you fall into sinful anger, because chances are you're not going to change overnight. It's good. You're going you're gonna to have many falls before you get better. But one thing you can do is if you fall into sinful anger, correct it right away. You lost it for a moment in a meeting at work and you, and you notice it. Just all of a sudden just go, hey guys, sorry about that. I, I, think I got a little more frustrated than I should have. This, I, this isn't a big deal. I, I, know, I know something went wrong here, but we, we can sort it out. Right away, as soon as you can, just say sorry to the person. I think about this, you know, with, with my kids, like I know again, when there's times when I've daddy's lost it a little bit. And, uh, I, as soon as I calm down, I just go right away. As soon as I can, I go to that child, check in on them. Hey, I, you know what you did wasn't the right thing, but what dad did wasn't the right thing. 
And I may ask them, how, how, do you, how did you feel when dad raised his voice? You know, and some of them will just say, yeah, I didn't really feel good. Or some of them might just start to cry. I feel so bad. And I hug them and I just say, I'm really sorry. Dad shouldn't have responded that way. I'm sorry, will, will you forgive me? I ask my child's forgiveness. Because uh, I, I don't want them to think that Beth and I are far from perfect, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I want them to know that when we are off our game, like when we do something wrong, that, that that's not that's not how life is supposed to go, that they felt something and what they felt was good. In other words, they felt something was off the way dad just responded wasn't wasn't healthy. It wasn't good. It felt hurtful, made me afraid or whatever that is. And, and I want them to know that's not how things normally are meant to run. So I, I go to them and I say, sorry, when that happens. So DeSales says, fresh wounds are the quickest healed. <laughs> and so as soon as you can, when you notice if you did fall into some kind of sinful anger, uh, go to the person, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your child, whether it's a friend or a colleague, and just own up and just say sorry. And it's amazing what happens is even in the act of saying that you're sorry and 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 being meek and humble with that person, it calms you down on a whole different level. It's actually really beautiful that when you bring that reconciliation, then you're not as worried even about whatever injustice happened before, whatever went wrong before, because you're more worried about your own wrong, your own sin, your own injustice and, and bringing reconciliation. Finally, here's a really challenging quote I'm going to leave you here with um, from Francis de Sales. He talks about how it's easy to kind of give a show of virtue when you're in public, you know, with those people, you know, at the office maybe or at the parish, but the people that you're closest to, your roommates that see you day in and day out, uh, your your spouse, your your children, that's where we want to really live virtue the most. And many times we're really good at being kind and not losing our temper with people out in the world. But the people that are closest to us, we tend to lose it. Our parents, a brother, a sister, a spouse, a child. Listen to what Francis de Sales says. We must not have merely the aromatic and fragrant sweetness of honey, like, like the honey of virtue, like the sweetness of virtue, the sweetness of polite conversation only with strangers but also the sweetness of milk among our own family and neighbors. Those who appear in public as angels, but are devils in their own homes, greatly fail in this regard. I just think about how many of us, I'm sure I know I do this, I, I, I can control my anger and temper in the world, you know, when I'm out giving a talk or I'm visiting a parish or with my colleagues in the office and, you know, even my neighbor down the street, that's easy even when things go wrong and things are stressful. But in my own home, I fall short. That's actually where we want to be better. That's where it matters the most. So let's really strive for this. Um, one last thing I'm going to mention here, because I, I said I would, you know, so those are practical tips on how we can get better. Uh, but I want to just emphasize one other thing here. I mentioned this last week that we, we should get angry about the right things in the right way. And I mentioned about parents, parents needing to be good parents to their kids, which certainly involves not falling into sinful anger. We want to avoid that. But it also means not falling into that unreasonable patience where we, we don't discipline our kids. You see, if we really love our children, what is love? Love is to will the good of the other. We want what, what's best for them. And what's best for them is virtue, character, holiness. That's where they're going to be happy. 
But we live in a day and age where some people, parents are saying things like, oh, you know, there's all this parent psychology out there and parent books saying, oh, don't discipline your kids and never use the word no and should never punish. You know, and it's what you know, that's not a Catholic understanding. It's not what the Bible teaches. It doesn't relate to the human person. Again, I'll be super careful never falling into that sinful anger. But the righteous anger, at least the desire that I love my children enough, I, I want to fight for their character. I, I want to help them grow in discipline, in virtue. And that takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot out of you. You know, when you're trying to cook dinner and do laundry and then there's two kids fighting, it's just easier just to ignore it and let them fight. But that's not love. That's not good for the kids. It's okay if dinner's a little late. It's okay if the laundry has to wait till tomorrow. But right there, there's a moment, a decisive moment as a parent to love the child, to drop what they're doing and bring order, to bring discipline. Maybe maybe a child needs to be punished, needs to go into timeout, needs to say sorry. That, that's the best thing that we can do for our kids. And yet how many times parents are too busy with their own little projects, they're on their phones, they're scrolling on Instagram, and they're not attentive to their children, informing them in virtue. I know, I, I, I speak as a brother here, I know there's times when I've been too caught up with my own projects and things, and I, I've let things slide. And I'm not happy I did, because I know it, it has a negative effect on their life. I'm forming them in character. And if they think they can get away with things, they keep, that's, what they, that's their disposition. They start forming bad habits. It's a lot easier to nip a bad action in the bud than to let that action be repeated and repeated. And then you have a habit. It's a lot harder to uproot a habit. Much better to nip it in the bud. So small little word to parents there on disciplining with children. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to learn more about the virtues and practical tips for overcoming our various vices, like the ones we're talking about today, you can check out my book called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love, published by Ignatius Press. And you can always reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. 